Naked ABCs, where we review every song from 7 to Y, except this one. We are not going to review this one. It's special. I need to hide it away, just like you've got to hide your love away. Wait, wait, no. Wrong podcast. That's that's alphabetical. I was just stalling for time anyways. I, I was trying to find my notes. I, I can't find them anywhere. Oh! Really? Okay. I, I, I have them now. It's weird. They were hiding. Um, they were in a book, in a box, high up on a shelf, in a locked and guarded vault. Like, it, it's weird, because you want to know who was guarding that vault? It was Aaron! Really? It was me. Say hi, Aaron. Hi, <laughs> Tracy. I'm not guarding your drug stash. I don't know where you got that idea. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us tonight is the man I was hiding my notes away from. You may have heard of him other times he's been on the show. Please welcome Blake. Hey guys, I'm back. The boss is in house tonight. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Blake is the runner of the Fill the Void podcast network, as well as a person who does a number of the podcasts on the network as well. I, we could sit here for a good half hour just talking about all the ones. Yeah, I'll give you the short list. There's many bona fides. Yeah, I'll give you the short list later. Live via satellite, we have Blake <laughs> with us. Yeah. It's 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 definitely a. I was joking before we come on there. This is already the second show I've done today, and I haven't recorded a podcast in like three weeks. I've been on vacation. <laughs> it's been a weird day. Vacation is over. You're a busy man. Yes. Well, it's good to have you here, Blake. Good, thanks for being with us. I told Tracy one of these times I'm going to come on, and all three of you will be here. Because the last time I was here, Aaron, you weren't here. So one of these times I'm going to come on and meet up all four of us. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, yeah, you'll get us. You'll catch us one of these times. There's a reason that you don't ever see Michelle and Aaron in the same room at oh, the same time. We're really the same tell person. You what it is. Yeah, and also we're both Batman. <laughs> oh, don't tell him. Oh. Look, I've never seen me and Michelle and Batman in the same place at the same time. I'm not saying that we're Batman, but maybe we're Batman. I can either <laughs> All right, oh, we're, we're Darkwing Duck. We're definitely Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck. That, that makes a little more. Anyway, go ahead, Tracy. Bring us back. All right, I'm gonna pull us back on track because I don't even know how to segue that one. Tangent <laughs> <awful>. Express. <laughs> You've heard the Oriental Express. I am the engineer on board the Tangential Express. Continue, please, Tracy. Bring us you back. are the engineer. Matter of fact, the track was made for you. <laughs> yeah. Real the, the, the track, the train, everything was made for you. So we're going to talk tonight about the song For You. There it is. Ah, nice little segue there. <laughs> if you've never heard this song before, and I, first of all, why have you not? But if you've never heard this song before, here is a snippet of tonight's song. I have set aside everything I love. I have saved everything else for you. I cannot decide what this doubt's made of. Though I've thought over it through and through. So that was a snippet of the song from the Everything to Everyone disc. There are multiple versions of this song. We are going to review a number of them, but let's start. Wait a minute. Weren't Aaron supposed to guess? <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, he was. I, I threw my hands up in despair when Tracy said Everything to Everyone. I, it's I, hard look. because the last oh, couple of God. weeks have been so obvious and easy. Yeah. For yeah. poor Aaron that I just like have gotten out of the habit of having to ask him. I, I will be honest. <laughs> I will be honest though and say that I did not know. Uh, wow. I, I oh. specifically avoided looking it up and I tried to guess and I was like, well, I mean, obviously it features that on vocals. It it's hard to place the album. It's not quite as polished as Latter Day BNL, but I don't exactly place it in the super early in their timeline. Um, so I was thinking somewhere around Bare Naked Ladies okay. Army, which I guess is pretty oh, close if it's every, everything that's, to everyone. Yeah, yeah, that's as close yeah. as you can get without actually hitting it. So, so not bad, not bad, <laughs> not bad at all. Not Sorry, bad for Grace. government okay, work. Back to you. <laughs> 
I thought for sure that I'd probably had given it away a few times there with the different editions <laughs> that I had sent out throughout the week. So I, I tried to lock myself out oh, and isolate Tracy, as much as I, I could, but yeah. <laughs> I even <laughs> uploaded like four different versions and specifically yeah. didn't put the name into the versions that I uploaded for Aaron. I would like to thank you so much for sending me seven versions of this song while I'm sitting in a panel for John Travolta. <laughs> I want to thank you for that. <laughs> phone, goes off, phone, phone goes off, phone goes off, phone goes off. like, what is going on? <laughs> and then if he... So did he ask you, who is that for? And did you say, it's for you? Oh... Uh... <laughs> But it was just hysterical to me. Like, why is he trying to send me so many videos right now? Like, really? (laughs) When it's hitting me, when I'm gathering info for the week, I just spit all the info out. Because otherwise, I'm going to forget to give it to everyone. You got to give everything to everyone. I have to give everything to everyone. And this week, I was like Oprah. I'm like, and this is for you, and this is for you, and this is for you. I'm I'm gonna go to town on this li- on this title this week. By the way, guys, whenever I can make a pun on for you, I'm going to be making it. Just as a warning to all the listeners, I hadn't noticed. <laughs> oh, it's gonna tell. get worse. I couldn't tell at all. Yeah, this one's the easy one. I can build on this. This so this song was on everything to everyone. The original. It was also on the dual disc. That they had released. So for this album, Everything to Everyone, they also released a dual disc of a DVD of all their studio work that they did for each album. Along with a lot of extras, like their how they went about choosing the order of the songs and which songs they got rid of for this album. So if anyone hasn't watched the dual disc yet, hasn't gone out to buy this... I highly recommend doing so. It's amazing. It was also on the Bare Naked Ladies and the Persuasions. And for every useless reason I know There's a reason not to care And finally, it was on Talk to the Hand Live from Michigan. Oh, wait, no, sorry. It's not finally. It was also on the Bathroom Versions. In a book in a box I Oh, wait, no. And it was also on iTunes original where they played it for iTunes specifically and did another version of this. Are the things I keep only for myself? It's your fate, but it's not your fault. Got one more. Oh, that got one more for you. Oh, what's the other one? On the Bare Naked Ladies All Natural tour that's on Spotify. And it's actually at the show I was at, I heard this song. So go ahead. Wow. (laughs) Yep. See, I missed one. Thank you. I'm so (laughs) glad we had you on this week, Blake, to get that one. (laughs) Now, I got to ask you because Alanis Morissette was touring for them with most of that tour. Was she there opening up for them on that night? Okay. Bare Naked Ladies opened for Alanis Morissette. So what? <laughs> I, I hate to say it that way. I know. I know. It's just like the Hootie Bare Naked Ladies thing. You got to remember, Tracy, there was a time when Alanis was like huge. Yeah, but this was after Alanis was huge. This was this was the time period after she had kind of gone down and and lost her flavor. She played God in Dogma, dude. <laughs> I know. Well, the funny part was that I remember being at that show, and more people came to see B&L than Atlantis, because, like, half the, half the stadium left. So <laughs> they were done. But if you stuck around, if you stuck around. That, I'm sorry, that is just sacrilegious. That is horrible. <laughs> well, if you stuck around, though. It is yeah. not available anywhere because Atlantis never released this, but they came mm. out and performed with Atlantis for thing oh, during her set. Quite something to, to hear. Surprisingly, yeah. a surprise. It was a big surprise because they were the her band was on stage, the whole some stage went black except for her. It came back up and they were there. Wow! Out of nowhere, it was nice. so cool to watch in person. <laughs> Straight out of Canada. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> so. To in in the concert, it actually um, goes from an acoustic version of "Be My Okawano" into "For You" into <laughs> "One Week," which they did not, which is that weird like um, wow. like country banjo version they were doing at the time. 
that was yep. those three songs. Yeah, in a row. yeah, yeah. Which makes so. sense. That's a great, great trio right there. iTunes original. They, not only for each iTunes song did they have the song played specially, but on top of it, they beforehand each song they introduced it, much like uh, you would find with like the acoustic sets on MTV Unplugged. They would talk a little bit about the song. They did the same thing for t- iTunes original. Here is what Ed had to say. I can't cut and paste it in. I would love to be able to do that, but I'm sure I'd get copyright infringement. So I'm going to paraphrase as much as I can here. This song almost didn't make the record. Wow. It wasn't actually intended to be recorded for this record at all. Wow. Okay. They were in the middle. Well, they had just finished playing Have You Seen My Love, which we'll cover pretty soon here. And they had the acoustic set already kind of set up. And they were like, you know what, let's do a version of For You with this setup. They thought that that For You was actually kind of a typical song for them. Um, and that wasn't much of a stretch for them. And it didn't really showcase any what? of their strengths or anything that people didn't already know about the band. Disagree. And so they, they just were, they were going to leave it off the mm-hmm. album. And I'm, I'm like floored that they were going to leave this song off the album and not even record it for this album. Ed after it was released, realized how wrong he was about that. So he said, like, this is how we used to warm up. Like, to to him, it probably sounded like old them, because this is what they would do to warm up, is they just sit there and do the harmonies, they'd play the simple instruments, they'd do the acoustic piece. So I could see why he'd feel that way, like, oh, this is nothing special. But it was special enough that once they released it and they played it on the Today Show... Ricky Skaggs actually called him up after on the day after and said, that was amazing. Really nice job. Nice quartet singing and mandolin playing. Uh, Now, that's not me (laughs) mispronouncing a word for once. That was actually what Ricky Skaggs actually said. (laughs) Um, And Ed, of course, is a huge, huge fan. And so he just like was was so honored by that. Um, Well, I believe there is a thing called the mandolini. Which is like a smaller, more petite version of the mandolin. So that actually might be correct. Well, it is a it, well, it, it is a mandolin that Kevin plays yeah. in the song. He's identified it. As a matter of fact, he was he was kind of joking with Kevin about that. Um, that that Ricky Skaggs called it a mandolin. I like but... to play my mandolin in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was just Skaggs' country accent. Maybe that's what it was. Could be. <laughs> So that was a, it's a nice little story that he shares on there. And most people can't go out. You can't buy the the iTunes original. It's not available anymore. So I wanted wow, to be able hard. to share that information. <laughs> okay, I take it back. Mandolini is not a more petite version of the mandolin. It is just the Italian for multiple mandolins. So mandolini. <laughs> so, all right. I knew I'd heard it before. So if there were multiple mandolins being played in the song, then then maybe he was saying mandolini playing and trying to be correct, and, and maybe he was actually right and gets the last laugh. I don't know. So are they trying to tell us that that originally the dictator Mussolini was multiple clones? Yeah, it was multiple Mussolini. It was originally... Multiple Mussolini. Pluralized. He's Mussolini. He was actually had a twin brother. Oh, my God. And they took turns being dictator for the day in case one of them got assassinated. Wow, I can't even see the track that we're off from from here. Bet you guys didn't wow. know when you were tuning in for, for fun facts about Bare Naked Ladies, you were going to get a history lesson. Mandolin. Mandolin. But not a clinic here, schooling people with true facts about world history. You're welcome, Internet. I think you're on mandolin. I think that's where we were. So, Aaron, I'm going to get us back on track, even though you're the one that pulled us way off track there. And I'm going to ship it over to you for your breakdown of this song. But before we do, I want to let you know the song we're breaking down. We're breaking down the one from everything to everyone. Just that version. We'll, We'll... branch out from there they're all pretty similar mostly the differences are in instrumentation and uh, harmonies and vocals and things like that um but yeah that's what that's what i base my my analysis around let's break it down break down break down break down aaron's gonna talk about construction and time (laughs) bum 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 okay (laughs) for us for us, yes. You're, you're gonna break I'm, I'm, Tracy, us? Tracy, this, this is impossible. <laughs> Tracy, I'm going to break it down for you. 
Okay. Just for you. Uh, for you, know, it, you. Sounds, it sounds uh, like a bad, broken Italian if you just say, Tracy, I'm going to break it down for you. I'm going to take my mandolini and play just for you. All right. No, let's stop. Let's Let's go. All right. For You. For You was recorded at approximately 95 beats per minute, which uh, it seems to have been recorded without a metronome or a click track. Obviously, again, it features add-on vocals. Uh, it was written in the key of G major. The intro just kind of hammers on G, you know. With the instrumentation, it feels quite folksy, almost like Big Rock Candy Mountain or something we're listening to, right? Um, then you get the verse, and the verse is just E minor to G, E minor to G, at least for the first few iterations of the verse. It's very simple. Uh, and then in the chorus, there's, a, there's an implied key change to C, actually, uh, because you get C, G, A minor, E minor, C, G, F, D minor. Uh, so I, I left out the verse, uh, E minor to G minor would just be vamping between uh, the sixth and the tonic, the first. In the key change, assuming you're doing a key change to, to C major in the chorus, you get C, G, A minor, E minor, C, G, F, D minor, which is 1, 5, 6, 2, 1, 5, 4, 2. Interestingly enough, the D minor then transmission, transmissions, <laughs> the D minor... Uh, then transitions into a D major, which of course is not diatonic to C major, but it is to G major. So you get that change back on the chord, actually very similar to what we talked about last week. Uh, so the structure is verse 1, which is A, verse 2, which is A, chorus, which is B, verse 2, which is A. However, it gets subtly more complex. You start to see like more like an E minor G, B minor, E minor G, D which would be 613615. Uh, but it's still more or less the same kind of structure. Then we go to the chorus again. And then there's verse 4. I'm going to call verse 4 because it's really just the, the verse changes and it's an instrumental playthrough of the vocal melody, right? And then there's verse 5, which is an, a vocal verse again over the, the verse changes. Then there's the chorus, so that's B again. So it's A, A, B, A, B, A, A, B. Ababab, I guess I'm going to call it, is the uh, the structure for this song. Um, so the song forgoes a, a bridge in favor of uh, an instrumental repeat of the verse melody. Not that this disqualifies it as a good song. I mean, Smells Like Teen Spirit kind of does the same thing. Although I think it's a little unfair to compare this song to one of the greatest rock uh -huh. anthems ever penned. Uh, instrumentally, it's interesting. Again, quite folksy with the banjo, guitars, mandolin all picking along. There is more than a little bluegrass influence in here as well. Um, there's a lot of soul in Ed's singing, and I think I just figured out what it is about Latter-day BNL that irks me so much. Ed's vocals seem way more, I don't know, auto-tuned or at the very least like more processed in the later albums. Maybe it's not auto-tuned, but compared to the last, the, pardon me, the first few albums at least, his, his voice doesn't sound nearly as artificial in the early stuff as it does in the later stuff. And what truly enrages me is he doesn't need it. We've heard him in live versions. We've heard him in the bathroom sessions. I love those. In fact, I, uh, I made it a point to seek out the bathroom sessions version of the song, and he sounds absolutely amazing. I think I might even like it. Uh, I might prefer it to the album version. Because this is the sort of song that, in my opinion, should be stripped down and just be a man and a guitar. If anything, the ornate instrumentation in the album version might actually distract a little bit from the simplicity of the melody in the song. Without the layers and compression and effects on his voice, you can hear the emotion. He bears his soul and you can hear it. It's beautiful. It's probably a tie for me between the bathroom sessions and the iTunes exclusive versions, which has less going on too, but it's not quite as stripped down as the bathroom sessions. I think in this case, the simplicity is a strength and really should be played to. It's just a simple, sweet, and earnest tune. A guy you know, wearing his heart on his sleeve, and that's where I think Ed really shines. I feel like if Ed ever listened to these episodes, uh, <laughs> what am I talking about? We know you listen, Ed. Come on the show. Uh, <laughs> he might get the mistaken impression that I don't care for his stuff or the stuff that's a little more like uh, coming from him uh, compared to, say, Steven's stuff, because you know, obviously once Steve left, Ed stepped up as the primary songwriter like david gilmore did for pink floyd after roger waters parted away with the band but just like gilmore i think ed robertson is an incredibly gifted musician wonderfully talented and emotive vocalist and guitarist i love his work and this song is a great example of his style and how it can really work uh, having said all that i don't put this up there with some of my all-time favorites like alcohol or brian wilson or conventioneers but i do think it holds its own within the pantheon pretty well 
uh, as far as the the alternate versions of the songs, if you twisted my arm, I would probably say uh, iTunes exclusive, Bathroom Sessions, Persuasions, which we haven't mentioned yet, but it has some really lovely uh, gospel-inspired vocals. That's quite beautiful in its own right. Then the live uh, at the DTE Energy Music Theater, which we, we, we kind of looked at in 2007. That performance was quite nice. And then the album version, which, make no mistake, is still quite good. Uh, it's interesting, though. I'm usually not a fan of live recordings compared to album like uh, uh, studio albums. Uh, but sometimes there are songs that just there's that, that energy in the, in the performance in the moment really carries through. Um, so Portishead, for instance, their best album, in my opinion, is live at Roseland in NYC. Uh, and this and this is no exception here. Some of the live performances and versions of the song that I've heard are, in my opinion, the best versions of it. Uh, I would probably put it up there. Well, I'll save that for the ratings, I guess. So that's that's my uh, my breakdown. Thanks for bearing with me as I, uh, I talked about the multitudes of uh, versions of this song. During but, the breakdown, I was curious yes. if they performed this song on this recent tour. And they've only done it one time. On this most recent tour, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. They don't break that song up this much, that all much at all. Wow, that surprises me. Like, they actually apparently they did "For You" into Brian Wilson. It's a very, it's a very powerful tune, I think, and um, you know, obviously, it's it's one of Ed's babies. <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. Back to you, Trace. Yeah, they tend to be leaning more toward Brian Wilson. So, Aaron, what would you think of this song sped up slightly? Not not like thirty three and a third to forty five, but like maybe up to like a thirty eight, like it, just a li- a tick higher. Um, um I said it, this was at ninety five beats per minute, I think. So I could see maybe a hundred and five beats per minute, one hundred and ten. I could like it. I think it could stand with a little pick up of the pace, maybe. And honestly, it, it, in a full instrumentation kind of arrangement, the way you have on the album. If they had made the drums a little more prominent, that might have helped too. I feel like maybe speed it up just a little bit, kick up the drums. I guess I'm <laughs> describing the plot of uh, that thing you do, but uh, <laughs> that, I feel like that would make the song right, sizzle are, a little more. Yeah. Well, the reason I ask is when they did the in studio version on the dual disc, which you can only get through the dual disc, and, and you have to buy that double disc gotcha. set, uh, which I recently found at Bull Moose. Bull Moose, please give us a sponsorship. Um, if <laughs> But I found it at Bull Moose. Uh, it was it was for sale um, at a lower price. So I was like, oh, my goodness, I got to get this, even though I already own this album. And so when they play this song in the studio, it's sped up just slightly. Personally, in listening to it, I have to say I didn't like the sped up version as much. Oh, really? Just because I feel like this is a, a somber tune a melancholy type tune it's already kind of bouncy enough as it is that it, it gives it a happy feel not quite quite happy there's still some very melancholy in in ed's voice like he's being yeah there's a slight twinge of melancholy in there yeah and, and that is what makes this song to me so Our important <laughs> and and so loved by me is the with this song on such an important topic, Ed's v- vocals and the music and the lyrics all match up. So you yeah. get this person who is feeling anxious and wanting to change. And we'll get to the lyrics in uh. a minute. But at the same time, is trying to get that person to just accept them as they are. So they're in that kind of angsty spot of not being able to do either yeah, and there's sadness around that, I, and you can hear it in the lyrics and in the music. Perhaps that's the reason that I like the stripped down versions of the song, because again, it's, it's someone who is admitting to feeling kind of a potentially inadequate or uh, feeling kind of on their own and not sure unsure of themselves. So just a man's voice and a guitar I would actually say fits that. the aesthetic of the song really well, in my opinion. Um, very much. What do you have to say about it, Blake? I was about to go say that because I'm a sucker for acoustic music. I'm a sucker for that. Oh, and when I was going through stuff and I found the four year oh, acoustic, I'm like, I forgot how good this is. This is such a great version of the song, yeah, basically. Yeah. And it does hit more. Like, it hits a lot harder, the lyrics, because you're just, they're taking away everything and just hearing the meaning behind it the is. songs. Yeah, I think it does. It's more emotionally resonant. I agree resonant. with you 100% on that. Yeah, I agree completely. The only, the only version of this that I don't like. And I shouldn't say I don't like the only song version of the song I don't love. It it drops it down to a like, <laughs> is the Persuasions version. I agree with that. I agree there. I did not like that. Really? I love. Yeah. 
And, and here, I had to think about it a lot this week. It's not my favorite version. I, I want to go, uh, let's hear what you have to say about why you didn't like it as much. And then I'll, I'll add in mine if there's anything different. Like, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it. I was, I, I actually never listened to it before until you said, oh, they did the version. I'm like, okay, I'll go listen to it. And I just didn't like all the extra instrumentation. I didn't like the extra voices. It just didn't feel the same for me. It just didn't work for me at all. Uh, so Trace, what do you what do you guys say? That's exactly what I was feeling. So I had to, I, I had this visceral reaction. Sorry, I'm gonna re-say that because I missed a visceral. That. I had a visceral. Oh my god! Visceral reaction. <clears throat> I <laughs> I had a visceral reaction <laughs> to hearing this song, and I I think the reason is one. The first time I heard it was. Listening to this album, listening to the Bare Naked Ladies yeah. and Persuasions album front to back. And in doing that, um, I was looking for songs that would, and we can go on, we'll, we'll cover this later on when we hit some of those songs, where it was different and it was improved upon by having them sing mm-hmm. this because they did it in a completely different way. This is not that song. They didn't add anything to this song other than the harmonies in the background. And that's yeah. not what I was looking for with them doing this album. And then I think this is the wrong song to do that on because this is a song about a person bearing their soul. This is a song about a person who is bearing your soul sort of, but this is very much inside his head. Um, this is a conversation between him and the other person. It is a, this is a, a dialogue. Yeah. It's not really meant for the rest of the audience. If this is like on a stage production where two people are talking, there's no one else in the room. So when you have those, like, I, I think having the singular harmonies that we have, or even no harmony at all. Yeah. When it's just the band, it adds to it. It's almost like, or yeah. even no harmony. It adds to that that solitary loneliness that you get when you have this gospel choiry type feel behind them. It feels like a bunch of people coming together saying, "Yeah, I feel that way too." And that's not what I feel this song should be. And so that like it it just turned me off immediately. Even yeah. though the the harmonies are totally beautiful, I really dig the gospel harmonies. But I right agree. I think right that's song. why I put it somewhere in the middle for me. Like I don't like it as much as the bathroom sessions or the iTunes exclusive, um, and and probably for the same reason. Thematically speaking, aesthetically, with the the style of the song being quite you know uh, folksy and bluegrassy, the gospel vocals are a good fit, but thematically and with the 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 content of what the song is about it does not fit it kind of clashes so i would agree i think when we hit the end of this podcast one of the things that i want to make sure that we do is is we're going to go over the persuasions album and one of the things i want to make sure we do is okay all right we've now listened to all bare naked ladies which songs would we pick knowing what their strengths are how Ah. this blends how well they sound together and create our own box set for just the Persuasions album. Like, how would we make... What would we choose for them to do for songs to make this album? But, go ahead. What were you saying, Blake? I was going to say, I think... I, I, if I was at a concert and suddenly, like, a gospel choir came out and started singing for you, I might actually do it in person. Like, I think it would be so much fun in person. But on an album, it just doesn't work for me. That's what I, I, what I just wanted to bring out yeah. there. Like, I know, like, I was at a country concert one time. I think it was Trace Atkins. And he broke out a gospel choir for one of his songs. And it was, like, it was so out of nowhere that it was awesome. You know what I mean? Like, it was really, really cool. It's the same mentality with B&L. If they did something like that out of nowhere, it would be really <laughs> cool. But not in the case of listening to a song like this on an album. Yeah. No, this is just too much of a confessional song. All right, so we didn't, we haven't really talked about the lyrics of the song and what the song is about. Um, so the song is about a man who is afraid to reveal himself, afraid to open up and fully love a man that feels he's he's there to protect his vulnerable parts and has to protect his vulnerable parts even from the person that he professes to love. He he wants to be there, he wants to be his, with his partner, but at the same time he knows that he can't. And is asking her to forgive him for not opening up and sharing all these pieces of him that he feels like he needs to protect. To some extent, it's admirable that he's he's admitting to that. To another extent, I almost like at times like, I don't want to say hate the man, but 
I go, I want to slap the guy across the face and say, you can't apologize for something that you're not willing to want to change. <laughs> and that's what he's kind of doing is he's making this person, his partner, have to accept something yeah. that he says is wrong, but he's not willing to go uh, and change. Interesting perspective on it. Well, I was, I, I feel say, like every Blake? time I come on the show, like the last time I came on was Break Your Heart, and we had a deep, deep, it's, who, who's the good guy in the song? Like, who's the good guy? Is it the person <laughs> who's singing too, or is it the person who's singing? Yeah, exactly. Is I there think a it good feels guy? like it is here. But no, I, I was going to say with the lyrics of the song, when this song came out originally, I related to this song so much. Like, it hit home for me yeah. at the right time in the right place when I first heard this back when it came out. Because keeping in mind, when this came out, it's pre-meeting my wife. Mm-hmm. And I was single, and I was just like, there wasn't much going on in my life, and this song kind of hit perfectly for me at the time. So I think that's why probably why I relate to the lyrics so well. And looking back, I'm like, was I really this person? Like, was I really this person? That's, yeah. I, I think <laughs> probably a lot of people can relate to this, especially if you're cautious in love or... Uh, you know, you really are trying to find the right person. I can recall, you know, uh, certain points when relationships were getting serious in the past where I was starting to get a little uh, cold feet, you know, because I was like, I don't really know if I want to live with this person. Like, I love them. I care about them. But I'm also I'm a very private person. I'm a very reserved and introverted person. Um, and being around people just sort of drains me. So it wasn't until I found Becca, who I really felt like I'd just be myself with and relax. And I never really felt like I had to uh, really, you know, put on Try a that show hard. or not even that. But just like I didn't, I didn't have to. I could just be myself with her and relax. And she didn't, she doesn't count as people. You know what I mean? So, you know, so yeah, it was, it was really, really <laughs> nice. And that's when I realized I could totally live with her and spend my life with her. So. That's why I proposed. <laughs> well, that and you don't have to try so hard. You don't have to try as hard to hide your weirdness. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you know when you're with the right person when when they don't yeah. really count so, as people. You know that I got that feeling from this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Or find someone just who's you, just man. as weird as you are, like in my marriage. Yeah. The first, Jeff, yeah, yeah. find someone you can be your weird self with. That's my advice. But that, but um. That was the feeling that I got too, uh, but I went on and actually just kind of, uh, I, I was very curious because this, it is sort of um, vaguely worded, right? A lot of it's like, well, I just can't share that part of myself and et cetera, et cetera. And I actually, I, I found a few people and someone said it's about someone who's about to get married and it's getting cold feet. I'm like, I can see that specific application, but there's nothing there that says it definitely is that. And then somebody said, and this is why, this is the joke I made at the beginning of the podcast, Tracy. Somebody said, I think this is about a drug addict hides his drugs in in a book, in a box up on the shelf. Yes, thank you for clarifying that I don't actually use drugs. And at first I was like, oh, come on, right? Right? At first I was like, oh, come on. But the more I thought about it, they're like saying, you know, this is your fate, but it's not your fault. Uh, I can't give you everything you need because maybe, maybe you he's in love with drugs. <laughs> No, no, I don't actually think that's the case. But it was interesting to, for me to read that person's interpretation of that. I feel like you just no. described the plot line in 13 Reasons Why. I think that's what you just did. So. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was posted by ah. Dagny the Artist on songmeanings.com. So shout out you to are. you, Dagny, if you're listening. <laughs> interesting perspective and could could well be true. I just I don't think that's not my personal uh uh, perspective on the song, but it, it's an interesting. You know thing. what? You, you can also interpret it, that way and it, kind interpret of works, it so. not even like um, for relationship, also for friendships, because it, it, sometimes you are questioning yourself in a friendship sometimes too, and that works here. Yeah. Well, any kind of relationship. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I throw that out there. Yeah, very much so. Ah, which are you suggesting this is an Ed and Stephen working their um, feelings out? Maybe. Song? I know Michelle would if she were here right now. <laughs> I know, but just because they're together. But they're still together at that point. Wait a minute. It's just a couple albums before. Well, but this was pretty close. This was like, what, a few a few years prior to the break? Four. Yeah, 2004. Yeah, 2003. Yeah. Three, yeah. Yeah, they were still... But yeah. They were still, still a few years. Yeah, they were still ago. doing pretty good at this point. Well, one thing that I loved was uh, in the live version you sent me, Tracy, that the 2007 performance, which was right before yeah. everything happened. 
Steve and Tyler, who of course have nothing to play on this song, are just standing there waiting to sing and join in the harmonies. And I don't know how much of it is like uh, play acting for for comedic effect, but uh, Steve at some point kind of looks like bored and just like, what am I doing? And it just reminded me of the, I think it was like Norwegian Wood. I once saw a music video that was made by the Beatles and like Ringo is just like, very much like kind of uh, lackadaisically occasionally hitting a tambourine. You're like, what am I doing? <laughs> so I, don't, I don't know. It just reminded me of that. It made me chuckle a little bit. I have to say that in the talk to the hand version, Tyler has the most wonderful face while he's waiting in the background. You can tell that he's a drummer because he's just sitting there because he's not doing yeah. anything. With his hand. And he's trying to keep the beat with his feet because he's got nothing to do. But he's just got this look on his face like he's absolutely bored. His mouth is agape, and he's just standing yeah. there. <laughs> Almost his tongue is hanging out. That's funny. You have to go out and watch this version when of him. When you're the drummer and your band plays well, an acoustic I, you know what? Song. I can tell you a story about um, something that happened at a show. At the All Natural Tour, I actually got my songs confused when I was looking at my What's thing. That? At the same concert, they were singing Aluminum, <laughs> and Ed forgot the lyrics. <laughs> I completely forgot the lyrics. Yes. And they had to jump in from oh, the back really? <laughs> to actually sing the lyrics. Oh, nice. It's on the Auto oh, wow. album on Spotify. It is hysterical. But you, you have Tyler in the background just jump in and start singing. You realize, um, I know the lyrics. Why don't you know them? Like, come on, let's continue this song. <laughs> it's really, really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. You wrote this song. Come on now. <laughs> so I want to know. I love this song. What was your favorite lines of the song? I mean, it, it kind of depends because I, I like how it starts out and, you know, the first the first stanza is pretty powerful. And then these, the second is very, very enigmatic because you're saying, you know, in, in a book, in a box, up on a shelf, in a locked and guarded vault. And that's probably my favorite. There's the second, the second verse. Uh, are the things that I keep only for myself, it's your fate, but it's not your fault. Because you really are wondering, what is he talking about? Is this an aspect of his persona he's afraid to share? Is this, um, is it drugs? Uh, who knows? <laughs> but it, it really does spark curiosity. I'm sticking with this drugs uh, interpretation. I'm, I'm gonna, I will die on this hill. No, I'm not, because I don't even of really think that's the You'll case. die of drugs on this hill. <laughs> It's it's Ed turning to Steve and saying, "Buddy, you're going to <laughs> die of drug use if you don't wow. fix this." Wow. Okay, I'll answer this, your question. Uh, this took a dark turn. <laughs> this took a dark turn. But yeah, I think the second the second yeah. verse uh, as a whole is I'll my favorite part. Question, Tracy, Go ahead, Blake. I was going to say the one that always got me is there is no nowhere else I'd rather be, but I can't just be right here. Which that is a great like way of putting it two different perspectives of everything that line yeah. always gets me every single yeah. time it's very it's a very ed line yeah if i hide myself wherever Ooh. i go am i ever really there that's yeah. the other song i i love that line because yeah. it's not just a, it's not just a wonderful poetic line but it really kind I of take it back that's my favorite line. like sums up the song perfectly this is an yeah. example of the it chorus does. like saying what are we exactly. talking about here yeah, you know, this is a man who realizes he needs to take chances, but isn't ready to do so. I have to say, my other favorite line though mm -hmm. is the one that follows yours up, Blake, and I think it's a perfect follow-up for that line: "An enigma wrapped in a mystery, or a fool consumed by fear." He's this man can't decide which he's mm -hmm. going to be, which way to look at his problem, as something that needs to be fixed, or something that other people have to accept about him. I agree, hundred percent. That's interesting. I, I, I. I Every time I listen to this song, I grab onto a different lyric. All right, so why don't we uh, why don't we talk for a minute about <laughs> numbers? I never saw that film. Oh, show? <laughs> or, no, it's not a show. It's a TV right? show. Yes, That's it, all I know. it, it wasn't a very good one. It was only on for a short period. Of why time. are we talking about numbers, Tracy? I thought this was a bare naked ladies podcast. <laughs> it's called Tracy had a brain fart there for like... a minute, and now can't figure out where he's going. I was talking about ratings. And my problem is what I, you're talking about ratings. I think is what we I thought. All seriousness, yeah. all seriousness. I thought he was gonna say like a bare naked ladies dog. I played on the show <laughs> numbers. I really did. I thought that's what was going. <laughs> you thought I was going for my appearance. <laughs> Let's talk about numbers. This show has featured every single bare naked ladies song. <laughs> Very subtly. And now they, they have tones. To. He's playing a music video in the background in one episode. 
True facts, folks. There was a locked and guarded Mo- box. Hashtag Mussolini. True facts. Join the conversation. Now, where I was getting hung up, and you can help me out with this because I'm now going to sound like an idiot no matter how I edit this, is I was trying to figure out what we're going to rate this as this week. And all I could come up with was our rating for this week is going to be secrets. How Drug many statues. secrets? Oh. But it's not really secrets that he's holding. It's He's withholding parts of himself. Okay. It's not really a secret. So I don't know how to word that. Any ideas? Secrets works for me. I mean, secrets works. Secrets works. I still think drug. I think I think drug stashes is still better, but who's gonna set this up a shell? I am not bad. Don't you tell Michelle this? And then she's gonna be like, "What are you guys talking about?" Yeah, I wish Michelle was here. I really, Michelle. We want to know how many drug stashes you've spiraling so far off track. I bet if she were here, she's a calming influence on us. She is. I'm sticking to secrets, even though it secrets doesn't work. feel right. <laughs> Just because i got to get us back on track somehow <laughs> at this point. So I'm going to jump to you first, Aaron. Aaron, how many so, secrets okay. do you so get with- well, I was thinking it was tough to place because it's not uh, – when you said that they didn't feel like it showcased the band's strengths, I disagree. But it, I do agree that maybe not in the way that they're used to showing their strength. It's not it's not bombastic and dynamic in the same way as some of their other stuff that I love so much. Um, but it's very, very heartfelt. It's very earnest. And it really emotionally is quite touching in some ways. So uh, I like it for very different reasons. Uh, but I compare it to like box set as much as like, I like it about as much as I like box set. Uh, so I feel pretty comfortable awarding for you four secrets out of five. Nice. 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 Very I nice. I'm glad I didn't say drug stashes. <laughs> I'm in rare form tonight, boys. I apologize. Like, like how many how many secrets well, do I, you I was this going song? through my head and I'm like, I do love this song. It's not one of my favorites. It's not one of the ones I'm going to put on an album immediately tomorrow or a playlist for whatever. But I really do enjoy this song, which is the reason I asked to come on this show. So I'm going to go with um, four secret drug stashes and I'll go from, I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, excellent. I'm glad you and I are uh, Tracy, what are you on the same wavelength here, Blake. I am going to do something very controversial. Uh-oh. Controversy. <laughs> no, I'm not going to admit my drug addiction. No. Because I don't have one. I, I, against what Aaron was okay. a, suggesting earlier, I do not Very use important. drugs. So, no, my, my controversial thing is I love this song. Matter of fact, to me, it's funny that you were, the last time you were on this song, with, I mean, on this episode, Wow. the last time that you were on this podcast was Break Your Heart. Because I feel in many ways, and even lyrically and thematically this song is ed's break your heart i know every lyric of the song i never skip it i search it out every time um and while i don't agree necessarily with the sentiment of the song anymore it doesn't necessarily describe who i am anymore it's poetic it's beautiful in its exploration of this character study and i absolutely adore how it's written and the music and everything that all of the people different add to this song. Um, watching it when they were doing it live, you get to see all the little bits and pieces of what they're adding in. You get to see how it's different acoustically versus the studio version and, and hear the pieces that they must have added in. For that reason, to me, I think this is the best song that Ed has ever yeah, written and that. performed. I give it a five. It's a darn good song. Wow. Wow. Okay. I, wow. I'm impressed. Okay, that's that's controversial, but not that controversial. Uh, I, uh, controversial would in the other way. So <laughs> <laughs> zero, it's a zero. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I thought you're for half a second. I was like, whoa, is Tracy drinking the haterade on this one? I was very uh, <laughs> seriously. Very he's, been, he's been spending the last half hour praising it, and then you know. <laughs> That's why I think it's the worst song on the planet. <laughs> out of nowhere, he's like, "No, nah, I hate this song." <laughs> I got you guys good. <laughs> uh, uh, so, 
No, it's a very, very lovely song. Speaking of keeping people at bay and keeping people at a distance, I have an appearance for this week which matches up with that, which is when Ed is heckling the audience in front of Portland, Maine. It is hilarious to watch Ed go after the audience in a playful way, and I encourage everyone to go out there and listen to this clip. And they were doing it because they were insulting show numbers. <laughs> You leave numbers out of this. Speaking of numbers, have you, Aaron? You know what? I bet you that the uh, wait, 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 wait. I bet you that the uh, the Big Bang Theory fans and the numbers fans in the audience had a big rumble. (laughs) Sorry, Tracy. Continue. So, speaking of numbers. Have you, Aaron, heard of this one? Actually, have you, Blake, heard of this wonderful new app called Podcoin? I I may have heard it in advertising from you. You may have. So Podcoin (laughs) is this wonderful app that actually pays you to listen to podcasts. And it can listen for every single podcast that you can find out there. All you got to just do is go to podcoin.com or go to any of the app stores, download the app, and then register. It's free to register. Put in the code bare naked and you get an extra 300 coins automatically. And you can start listening immediately and start earning money, well, earning pod coins to then buy things like Amazon gift cards and Starbucks gift cards. And, and maybe even if you're feeling generous, give your pod coins to charity. Um, I know it sounds weird, but it, it's a good thing to do. They use that money to give out great, wonderful things. Please, go out, give it a try. You don't like it? No bad. But I've tried it. I'm earning points and, and pod coins all the time to whenever I'm listening. And I listen to quite a few podcasts, like Blake's podcast. Speaking of which, Blake, why don't you go ahead and you tell us what podcasts that you do? Nicely done. Transition. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> unlike the last time I was on this show, when I had like 87 things to plug, I actually don't. I have only a couple of things I have to plug. First of all, the Blake and South Show, of course, is my pride and joy. And um, we're actually, when people hear this, we do a one more best of show going on because it's the first week of school. So, I really didn't want to record this week. So, we have one more best of show. But last week, we did a big show about um, the BUAW program and everything else. Back next week. But this week, on Thursday, we are debuting a brand new wrestling show on the Blake and South Show feed. It's called The Wrestling Room. And it's going to be everything outside of WWE and AEW going on over there. So that's a big deal. And on Saturday, it will be my new monthly interview show called Pod on Pod, where I'm interviewing podcasters about podcasting. (laughs) And that's starting on Saturday. So that's a big deal. And I'm also going to be, I, apparently, um, the day we're recording this, I'm apparently making the rounds on the network, on the Filling the Void Podcast Network, because I'm doing this show. But if you go back to previous Wednesday, I'm on the All About the Mouth Disney podcast talking about the D23 Expo. So, <laughs> that's, I'm literally making my rounds as I come back from vacation. So, <laughs> so. Which I'm sure you're going to be talking about things that are dear, dear to Aaron and yes. I's heart. The new Star Wars. I'm ecstatic. The new Star Wars uh, trailer that was yes. dumped. And um, I will defy. So, yes. we, we'll leave that so that way you, people go out and listen to yes, Blake's indeed. thoughts on that over at All About the Mouse. The other thing also is um, Defy the Mighty Duck ended, well, uh, first season ended while I was on vacation. And the final episode went up and it was an interview with composer David Newman. Ooh, nice. So that's up on the Defy feed right now. So you should go listen to that. So it's a very good interview, and it, it, it ties in from Mighty Ducks all the way. I'm going to go listen yes. to that. It, it goes from the Mighty Ducks all the way to the story next year. We talk I, about I'm going to go listen to that and then earn some pod coins. Perfect. <laughs> there you go. Do that right now. Oh, and one more thing. I'm going to be like Scrooge McDuck swimming in a vault full of pod coins. <laughs> one more thing. Pod one coins. more thing. On the Filling the Void Network feed, um, there's a bonus show called FTV at the Cons. And that actually is my convention feed, where I go to cons and we we record panels, and I put them on that feed. And this um, this month, we went to Wizard World Chicago, and that is on that feed. And it has um, panels like John Travolta, Jeff um, uh, (laughs) John Travolta, um, who else was on? Yeah, I went to George Wentz's panel. I went to a wrestling panel. I went to Jeff um, Goldblum's panel. And Jeff Goldblum 
flew in from the D23 Expo Ooh, to do jelly. this panel and then flew back to the D23 Ooh. Expo. <laughs> so it was weird. Yeah. Wow. So, and he's he a magical man. He is a magical person. man. Oh, my gosh. He's amazing in person. So did he literally fly? Yeah. Ask him, he probably did. <laughs> he probably I believe did. he could. So that's all up. Yeah. He grew those wings yeah, back that's out. That's all up on the um, con feed. Oh, oh, and the other panel was um, Dean Kane Conroy. <laughs> so the jam pack show. Go listen to that. Superman yeah. and Ooh, Batman. Batman okay, and that's Superman. Yeah. All you need is is Mark Hamill in the same room and like. Well, if you funny part is if you were at the um, convention. So Blake, that took you three minutes to do. I I have a I have a plug right. Watch this. Hear me on it's all been done podcast. I go back and talk about celebrity with about them. Three seconds. Hey, do you know how long that took me? About about five Blake, seconds. That took me a whole four seconds. <laughs> <laughs> took me four seconds. Go ahead, record me. Watch it. You know what we're talking about next week? <laughs> we're talking about the song Four Seconds. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I would never have guessed. <laughs> hey, so, uh, Blake, thank you. thank you so much for coming, man. It's been awesome talking to you. No problem. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's been ha- great having you on. And everyone out in the audience, thanks. That was fun. <laughs> See you next time. I don't know why I'm waving. You can't see me. Oh, man. This was fun. (laughs) This was a lot of fun, guys. Thanks. That was fun. Don't forget. No regrets. Except maybe one. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.